play this game. Obviously, yeah, besides the fact that it was quite fun, like having a bit fun in church is great as well, I think. But at the same time, I think, um, uh, yeah, this game actually has a little message. So, um, Kenroy here, on, it's your name, yeah. <laughs> he on the stage was representing um, Jesus God because he knew the actions. God, God is perfect, God is righteous, he knows all the ways and he's the example for us. And uh, Kenroy here, set the example for you, um, and you were copying him. So you as a congregation, you kind of stood for just you, actually. No, yeah, you are just you. Christians who have Jesus in their lives and who want to follow Jesus' actions. And sometimes it can be quite clear what Jesus is doing. So, for example, the Ten Commandments which which God gave us through Moses is quite clear. It's something we know. That's what we need to do. But sometimes there might be things... Um, Jesus was doing when he was on earth where we think, well, yeah, we want to we follow Jesus. He's our example, but what does it actually mean? As here in the game, you were acting out things or you were just copying the one on the front without having a clue what you were just actually doing. And um, today, because we're looking at baptism, this is something where we may be, this is, we know this, Jesus did this, and obviously we as Christians do that, but sometimes it's good to think about what does it mean? What am I acting out, you know? Um, so that's what we're looking today, and Phil is going to, ex- like, yeah, I'm going to hand over to Phil. <laughs> but let's see what he says. Thank you. So, hello. Uh, I hope you're all doing well. Yeah, good, good. So today we're going to be talking about Jesus' attitude towards the Father and why it was important that he got baptized, uh, why it's still important that we get baptized today, and the example that Jesus sets for us and how we can relate to Jesus and his obedience in our lives. So to start things off, we're going to do a Bible reading, orderly. If you'd like to come up to the front with me, please, mate. Um, if you'd all like to turn to Matthew chapter 3, verse 13 and 17, uh, orderly's just going to join me and he's going to read it out as well. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John, but John tried to talk him out of it. I am the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. After the baptism, as Jesus came up, out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And the voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son, who brings me great joy. Good job. Thank you. Good job. Okay, so this is quite an important uh, verse, so I'd like you to kind of keep a finger in there, because I'm going to be constantly going back to it and linking certain things to this verse. Uh, So it'll kind of be important just to have it open and ready uh, as we go through this. So, uh, back in biblical times when Jesus was walking the earth, for a person to be baptized basically meant they were saying that to the whole world that I am a Christian. This was like a big declaration. So, you might need to use all of your fingers today because I'm going to be going into quite a few verses. So, 
If you would like to now turn to Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 4, I'll give you a second. So have a finger in Matthew, have another finger in, uh, in Romans. I'll be reading it out. So, is everyone about there? Okay. So Paul says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, we can, how can we continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when we joined Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. So baptism here, as told by Paul, is an outward expression of an inward spiritual awakening. So when we get baptized, we are outwardly declaring a decision that we have already made up in our hearts. This is the example that Jesus was setting. Baptism also gives us a picture of the resurrection, which sets Christianity apart from every other religious faith. We're now going to have a look at another passage of scripture. Uh, if you would like to turn to Luke chapter 24, verse 5. This is a bit like, uh, oh, we've got it up there as well. That's great. So uh, it's kind of like Bible twister. It's like middle finger in Matthew, thumb in here. So we're, we're going to be moving around. Okay, so the content of this is uh, the women going to the tomb after Jesus' crucifixion. So, in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the angel said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Baptism speaks directly to this and points to the resurrection. So, if you've got your thumb or finger in Romans, we're going to pop back to there quickly just to remind us. So, uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Or have you forgotten that we joined Christ Jesus in baptism? We joined him in his death, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may also live new lives. What an absolutely incredible hope for the future. Uh, my dad has this quote that he absolutely loves. He says that death for a Christian... Death for a Christian is not a question mark. It is an exclamation mark. It is not the end for us. And this is what baptism kind of speaks into. So, God would never call us to do something he wouldn't do himself. So, with baptism, Jesus provides an example of this by doing it. He didn't get baptized for the forgiveness of his sin because he was sinless. But as an example for us, and in this moment, he fulfilled all righteousness. What is good for Jesus is good for us. So, some of you may be thinking, what does it mean that Jesus was fulfilling all righteousness? Well, there are two Old Testament prophecies that speak of what is happening in this very moment with Jesus that I would like to talk about. They are both in the book of Isaiah, so if you'd like to kind of get near Isaiah. Um, they're both kind of talking about and seeing Jesus as a servant. So, Jesus is, is fulfilling the words spoken in Isaiah chapter 42, verse 1, if you'd like to flick there. If you have enough fingers left, that is, I think. So, it says, look at my servant, this is Jesus, who I'm, whom I strengthen. This is talking about when the dove came down from heaven to symbolize the fact that Jesus had the Holy Spirit. He is my chosen one who pleases me. This is directly talking about when God the Father says, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy, back in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. 
And I just want to say that God also has great joy when we get baptized. We share in the glory because of what Jesus has done for us. But we also need to recognize that we are called to follow the example of the one who was the ultimate servant. Perhaps we should remember these words that Jesus spoke about himself in Mark chapter 10, verse 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is also fulfilling words spoken in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 3, if you'd like to flick there quickly. I'll give you some time. Is it going to pop up? So, out of the stump of David's family will grow a shoot. This is Jesus. Yes, a new branch bearing fruit from the old root, and the spirit of the Lord will rest on him. This is the symbol of the dove descending and settling on him in Matthew. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. He will delight in obeying the Lord. So, if Jesus, the Son of God, who came to earth, delights in obeying the Lord, how much more so should we follow his example and also delight in obeying him? This is why New Testament Christians made such a big deal out of baptism. They were declaring their obedience to God and his ways. So those of you who have already been baptized, I would like you to kind of take a moment now to reflect on that experience of being baptized and think again of its, of its significance in your life. So, uh, if you would now like to welcome Sarah up to the stage as she now brings the second part. Thank you. Today, I want to show you that obeying God is not something we just have to do, but something what can be so beautiful and rewarding. As, we'll, as we've looked now at why Jesus was baptized, we're looking now at the attitude towards his father and how this can be an example for us, as Phil already said a bit. Um, in Philippians 2, verse 5 to 11, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Jesus came in human form to earth and was willing to let go of, of all of his rights but instead take upon himself the form of a servant. In that we can see a very hum humble action, the humble obedience to God the Father. What does that mean? What, what did he do? He humbled himself, he served, he obeyed God, and he, he obeyed God, his Father. To what extent, how far did this attitude go? Did he draw a line of humble obedience what was, the, what was the finish line of, of obedience of this attitude? It was to his death, even death on the cross, it says in the scripture in Philippians. 
what an attitude, I think. It, it was to humble, it, it was beyond humble obedience. It was sacrifi sacrificial. I don't know how to pronounce this word. Sacri sacrificial. No, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> and you know the outcome of, um, of that. It was, it was redeeming towards others. It was worth it. It was for good reason. Jesus' obeying attitude allowed him to express the divine love of God. And I think now it is really important to look at who Jesus was. He was a divine nature, God but human. He was just like us. He wasn't able to be at many places at the same time. He had to eat and drink as we do. He had the same feelings. He, was, he, he cried out for his friend Lazarus before he raised him up from the death. But he felt as well, he felt happiness. He had the same feelings as, as you and me. Um, he may walk, he have made walk the same way as you did. And he, he dressed maybe the same as everyone else. So he was just human. I think that's really important to, to yeah, remember that. He, is, he was human. I want to read out from John 13, 13 uh, verse 13 to 15. Jesus said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If then the Lord and teacher washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave an example that you also should do as I did to you. He calls himself teacher and Lord. And yes, I think everyone is agreeing with that, hopefully. <laughs> he is the best teacher we can ever get or we can ever have. What greater example can we get than God our Lord in a human form, human as we are humans, so that we can learn from the things he did on earth on do the, and do the same things in our lives. And to look then on the relationship of Jesus Christ towards his Father, the humble obedience is so helpful in our way to try to follow Jesus. Humble obedience, something what we should have too, I think. Jesus is our example, and not only when everyone is looking, not only when we are in a Christian environment where everyone seems to have the perfect Christian life anyway. Humble obedience, that is a lifestyle, that is something we should have all the time. Because God works through those who are humble, obedient, and respectful. That is the one, one of the main messages Paul gives us through his letters in the New Testament. And I don't want to just leave that point that it also has to do something with fear and trembling. trembling. But yes, it has, I think. Why that? Because fear motivates us to have a humble, obedient attitude towards our God. God is so much more powerful than we maybe ever can imagine. But okay, I have talked a lot about being obedient now, but how does this actually look like? And where do we please get the strength from and power um, to, be, to, be e to be so obedient? And how can I even walk each day just looking to Jesus, to following each thing, what he did, what, who he was? How can I even be a bit like Jesus? And to answer that, I think there's something playing a very important part in that. Love. <laughs> I think the most important thing in this father-son relationship is love. Love is something what brings two people very close together. 
they want to spend time together, they are listening to each other, um, and even more than that, th uh, if a person you love really wants something from you, are you not usually trying your best to, to actually do it? Are you not trying to, to, to yeah, listen to this person, trying to, to put this in action, to spend time with this person? And for me, that is the same with Jesus. I love God so much that I love to read the Bible and I love to hear his laws, to learn more because I know they are for good. I love God so much that I love to stand for him when someone is doubting there is a God, that I love praying to him, that he should open the, my eyes to the, to the things I do wrong so, so I can be, become closer to Jesus in his relationship uh, with him as he was so close to, to his father, to his God. Love makes, makes such a big difference in being obedient. And there's a verse I want to read out in um, 2, John, uh, 2, 2 John 1, verse 6. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. I want to repeat this again. And this is love that we walk in obedience to his commands. And there's another verse in 1 John chapter 2, verse 5 to 6, which says, But if anyone obeys his word, the law for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know that we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must, must live as Jesus did. And for me, that is the key in answering the question, how can I be obedient? It's love. Because when we love, we can walk in obedience to his commands. And if we obey his words, the love for God is truly made complete in us. And if you don't feel like that, maybe, maybe there's some of you, that you love God that much to do that, I really want to encourage you today to go on this journey of getting to God more, of getting to know God more, sorry. <laughs> because I believe as soon as you get to know God, you love him and you want to follow his ways and his laws. And that will have an amazing effect on us as God is rewarding those who keep his commandments and he will give us strength and to do all that. But not only that, it is especially a blessing for the people around you, for around us. Look at Jesus. His whole time he was on earth, his obeying attitude was the best blessing the people around him could get. And it is still the same today. So you have to start with your eyes on Jesus as your instructor, instructor, discipler and mentor, as well as your savior and Lord. Are you in? Let God work in you and see amazing things happening. Just look at, at how beautiful Christ-like attitude is.